front of the radio over there. He had a brand new camera, and he came to Selma to do some taping over here and brought his new camera, and we rolled around and took some shots of the scenic places in Selma. Selma's an interesting town, much to photograph here. If you come and bring a camera, bring lots of film. Well, over in East Selma, we saw this huge sunflower that was blooming in the yard over there. I don't think I've ever seen a sunflower that big. And so we stopped and got out to admire it, and he took a picture of me standing beside the sunflower. Well, it turned out to be one of the best pictures I ever had made of me. It's very flattering, and it's bright and colorful, and it just looks like an ad for something very special. I'm not sure what Selma, maybe. Well, I have had that picture around for a good many years, and I like it. And My children decided that they would like to have another kind of picture of me made with that photograph as the starting point. And they admire the work of a folk artist over in Montgomery named Mose T., now, Mose T is as primitive as primitives can be, I suppose. He taught himself, and and he delights in his simple stick figures. And I hate to say some of them are kind of obscene sometimes, but Mose T has his own style, and he has a great following, and people like to buy Mose T's, and it's M-O-S-E-T. Well, my children took this sunflower picture with me in it over there so Mose T could paint a picture from it. He never had done a portrait before, I don't think. And it took him a long time. He had to kind of get into the spirit of it. People would come in and say, Who's that? You're painting Mose T. And he said, I don't know. I don't know. Some children brought him in here and says that mama. Well, they, on a special occasion, surprised me with this portrait by Mose T, and I really was surprised. I don't think anything has ever surprised me much more than that did. And now the problem is, where are we going to hang it? We've tried it different places. Each child has a house that they like to have it in, and Somebody's even said we ought to hang it down at the library, but I don't think the library wants this most tea. But it is different. But you can tell who it is, and I had somebody coming in the other day to look at it, and this man stood back, and he's quite an artist himself. He looked from first one angle and then the other, and finally he said, well, he did mighty well with the sunflower. I grew up in a family that liked words. Well, we all liked to talk, and and if we couldn't find a word that suited it, what we thought we needed to express, we just kind of made up words. I guess serigamy is the prime example of that. I always used in my mother's family for generations, meaning a whole lot of and a heap of. A good word rolls off the tongue. And some of the words my family used were in the dictionary and just seldom used, and 
some I've not been able to find. Now, mully grubs, it's, it's in the dictionary, and it's just such a good word. Just got the mully grubs today. I just don't feel right, just not real happy, not real pleasant. Got the mully grubs. And in some dictionaries, you still find the word June, J-U-N-E, as in, I'm just going to June around. I've got a lot of things to do. I've got to get to Juning around, cleaning up the house, Juning. June, wonderful word. Then family word that uh, goes way back, actually the family initials that go way back to before we had indoor plumbing at my house and we had a outhouse in the backyard. And if somebody had an upset stomach, it was always spoken of as the BDTs. I've got the BDTs today, the backdoor trots. And I've never heard that anywhere else, but I think it's very uh, descriptive time, maybe. And then my family spoke of being hot as brinja. Oh, the biscuits were just hot as brinja. The, the rice pudding was just hot as brinja. I don't know what brinja was. A, a flugens, they always saying it's cold as flugens. I don't know what that was either. But I always heard it all my life. And then uh, little times like uh, if you have heard someone paid a compliment and you want to tell them you heard something nice about them. We used to say, I'll trade last with you. And you wouldn't tell them the nice thing you had heard about them until they told you something nice about you. I'll trade last. And you knew that somebody heard something nice and you wanted to hear it. You'd think hard about a compliment to pay them. Or... The expression, I'll set you up to a Coca-Cola, I'll set you up to lunch, meaning I'll treat you. You don't hear that anymore. When you say somebody's been set up, it usually means something bad. They've been uh, pushed into a situation they didn't want to be pushed into. But to set you up, come on, let me set you up to lunch. And I heard my mother say, oh, go in there and do something about your hair. It looks like a hoorah's nest. And I don't know what a hoorah's nest was, but I knew my hair needed combing and straightening out. And sometimes she'd say, my room looked like a hoorah's nest. And looking at my desk today, I know it looks like a hoorah's nest. I don't know where that expression came from. And then if everything was just right, somebody in my family said, well, that's just the very dinkum. It's exactly the thing we need. Exactly. Hand me that vase to put these flowers in. It'll be the very dinkum to hold them. Just be the very dinkum. And then my daddy, he, he had a lot of strange expressions, but if he was feeling very weak and sick and not well at all, somebody asked him how he felt, he'd say, well, I couldn't holler suey if the hogs had me. I think that's a very... Good expression. I couldn't holler suey if the hogs had me. And my mother, who never used any strong language at all, the strongest words were, oh, to tootledy. If anything went wrong, she, oh, to tootledy. And where that came from, I don't know. But words are fascinating, aren't they?
My mother was a remarkable woman. She was much smaller than I am and had the sweetest, most benign, happy smile. Ran her own insurance agency till she was up in her 80s. She had a desk that was right in the front of her office. Had a plate glass window. The desk was almost in the window. Went all the way across the front of the office. You looked through that window right onto the sidewalk. So everybody who passed by the sidewalk looked in and see my mother at work at her desk there. Well, she had lots of friends, knew everybody in that whole area around Thomasville, Alabama. One day, one of the countrymen that she knew came in and asked her to write a letter for him. He was literate, but writing a letter presented a a challenge that he was not quite ready to take on then. My mother was busy getting out statements and came in and said, Miss Ellen, please tap write a letter for me. Mother said, well, can you wait a a day? I'm real busy. I've got to get these statements out. He said, well, I I need a letter written to my granddaughter down in Mobile. Said, you know, she's gone down there to work in the shipyards. Mother said, well, she hadn't been gone but just about a week. Said, why don't you just wait a little while, and and I'll be happy to write it for you another day. He said, well, I'd just feel better if I wrote to her. Said, she needs some advice and needs some guidance, needs to be reminded of how to behave and Mother said, well, you you reared her well. She's all right down there. I said, I just, just am really too busy now.